Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. God's good all the time. I'm going to read from the book of Philippians. Going to go to a a very familiar passage of Scripture. Go back again to Philippians chapter 3. This very familiar. Uh is from this that we wrote our first book. So let me let me read my book to you tonight. Okay, is that all right? Amen. But we're glad to see everyone that is here. Let us pray together right now, will you? Father, Jesus, Savior, how grat- grateful we are for another day on our journey toward that city. Thank you for life and for health and Thank you for a mind to thank you and to be in this place worshiping you, sharing in the studying of your word. Help us together, Lord, to grow in grace, knowledge, and understanding of your will and to give you thanks for all of your bountiful blessings upon our homes, our families. In your name, Jesus, amen, amen. It is in this pastor passage where... Paul writes the, uh, again, the familiar statements concerning uh, his, his determination, his will, that I may know him, begin with verse 10, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means... I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, neither were either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That last verse is, I guess we see our text, I press, I press, press toward a mark. I've got a mark set, a goal, and I, I've got to, got to reach it. Because the alternative is not too exciting. Let me let me let me share some thoughts with you here that uh, I borrowed from somebody else. 
some little books here in my library. Uh, I've finished reading my Bible through this year, uh, earlier this month, so I've been doing some other reading. I got to read, so I've been reading some of one of my favorite writers. This is a, one of them, but uh, one of the ones that I've been reading uh, the last few weeks or days is called Og Mandino. You ever heard of Og? Isn't that some name? That's almost like Muncia, some name, but Og Mandino. What a tremendous writer. And in fact, I'm reading one of his books, not this one, this one is Ingstrom, Ted Ingstrom, The Pursuit of Excellence. But he quotes Og Mandino in here in his book. But anyway, Mr. Mandino is such a tremendous writer. And I'm presently reading one, another one of his books. I don't know how many of them I read, and I don't know how many times I read some of them. But anyway, he makes a reference to uh, Og Mandino. The, uh, Mr. Ingstrom wrote, he, he was uh, quite a writer too, The Pursuit of Excellence. He's, he said, I'm not quoting Og, I'm quoting Ted. Ted said the most... The most satisfaction comes from pursuing the goal, not simply from achieving it. The most satisfaction comes from pursuing the goal, not simply from achieving it. Of course, he's speaking about any goal in life. He's not talking about heaven because it's going to be something to walk that street of gold and to hear the Lord's well done. But it, it's, an exciting, it's an exciting life to live for God, to be a child of the King, amen, and to think what you've achieved and accomplished and received in your walk with God, however long you've been living for God. But anyway, he, may, he quotes from Og Mandino in uh, his uh, uh, classic, The Greatest Secret in the World. That's Mr. Og's name or book. And he said, the prizes of life are at the end of each journey, not near the beginning. And is it not given to me to know how many steps are necessary in order to reach my goal? Failure, I may say, I may still encounter at the thousandth step. Yet success hides behind the next bend in the road. Never, never will I know how close it lies unless I turn the corner. Can I, can I walk down here? Woo, thank you, Lord. I will be likened to the raindrop which washes away the mountain, the ant who devours a tiger, the star which brightens the earth, the slave who builds a pyramid, I still build my castle one brick at a time. For I know that small attempts repeated will complete any undertaking. Amen. So if you've had a bad day, don't let it get you down. Tomorrow's coming. And if tomorrow's not coming, rejoice for this day. If the trumpet sounds, we all know where we're going. 
So we, we can we can let the here and the now sometimes just throw us a big old curve or discourage us and frustrate us. But again, it don't stop. Even if you have to get up and brush your britches off, don't stop. Just get up and keep going. Keep going. Mr. Ingstrom said, someone has said that the difference between an amateur and a professional is about five minutes more. Just five minutes more read, re reading toward your goal. Just five minutes more of working out a communication problem with your spouse. Just five minutes more with a son or daughter who may be having difficulties in school. Just five minutes more of asking God to give you the special guidance you are desperately, you so desperately need. Are you an amateur or are you a professional? Are you willing to give it that extra five minutes? Are you determined to strain your muscles until they cry out for relief to keep on trying when you want to quit? Just get up. Was Solomon that said, how was it? He said it that a man would fall how many times? Seven times, but you're going to get up again. Going to get up again. Don't stop, pilgrim. We're getting too close. There's too much taking place that's happening that is telling us the Lord's coming. He quotes again from Mr. Og. Og Mandino writes, and I like this, I will never consider defeat and will remove from my vocabulary such words and phrases as quit Cannot, unable, impossible, out of the question, improbable, failure, unworkable, hopeless, and retreat. They are the words of fools. I will avoid despair, but if this disease of the mind should infect me, then I will work on in despair. I will toil and I will endure. I will ignore the obstacles at my feet and keep mine eyes on the goals above my head. For I know that where dry desert ends, green grass grows. I will forget the happenings of the day that is gone, whether they were good or bad, and greet the new sun with confidence that this will be the best day of my life. Hadn't this been a beautiful day? Amen. Have you shouted today? And I don't mean, oh, but have you thanked God today for life and for health? I'm here tonight. I'm here tonight. I'm in church tonight. I heard somebody was going to have a baby tonight. So that's exciting. Amen. Let me read some more. Uh, Pastor didn't tell me what to teach or talk about, so I'm, I'm at liberty. So I pulled out another old book by Ravenhill, and he said, Could a mariner sit idle if he heard the drowning cry? Could a doctor sit in comfort and just let his patients die? Could a fireman sit idle, let men burn, and give no hand? Can you sit at ease in Zion with the world around you damned?
He's telling us we need to be soul winners. He's telling us we need to be concerned about neighbors and friends and family members who are not saved, that have not been baptized in Jesus' name. God, help us to be, help us to be a light in a world that's so dark, Amen. so dark. Mr. Savonarola, Savonarola said, No hat will I have but that of a mortar reddened with my own blood. Amen. Some thoughts here that emphasize, try, try to emphasize what we're trying to say tonight. I want to make it. I'm determined to make it. Amen. Jesus said in the, in the gospel of Matthew 6 and verse 21, where your treasure is, there's what? That's where your heart is, where your treasure is. If your eyes are not on, on the mark, the prize that Paul was speaking to us about, if our, pri if our eyes are not on that, then chances are we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Something between here and there will come up that'll trip you, frustrate you, discourage you, and cause you to throw up your hands and quit. And I'm not about to do that. I've been on it this journey too long. I don't understand, quite frankly, I don't understand why people quit. I don't. I don't understand how, why people give up church and quit and, and, and don't go back. I don't understand that. I don't think they received the Holy Ghost like I did. I don't think they felt the Spirit of God like I did. I don't think they were changed like I was changed. Well, they probably were, but what I'm trying to say is it's going to be worth it all. Amen. Amen. If you have been in church, and some of you have been here a long time. Some of y'all have been here in church, oh, I don't know. Has somebody been in church for 50 years? Brother John? Sister Pat? Or who's raging hand? Brother? Sister Vivian? Okay, Teresa and Sister Judy and Sister Jen. Look at there. Look at these old folks raising their hand. <laughs> Amen. 50 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. We think about Medora Pentecostal Church, MPC, and we're getting ready to celebrate 108 uh, years. And what a, what, a, what a time of rejoicing that's going to be. But look at, look at these that have been in church for over 50 years, some more than that, of course, more than 50, more than 60, uh, some more, more than 70, I guess. But uh, anyway... Have you felt like quitting any time? Now you should have, should have you should have cried out no <laughs> instead of Amen. There have been things that have occurred. I know I could take the rest of the time tonight and talk about uh, where the Lord has brought us from, where we all started. And uh, how God has opened doors that we could not open, supplied needs that we could not supply, and uh, made ways when uh, we didn't know where, how they could be made, but he did. 
he did. He has made so many, so many ways. When I turn the clock back, and sometimes I do, uh, as I get older, I turn it back more. But to think about where we have come from and where we have been. Even here in Medore, you know, I've been here now for, whoa, my goodness, thank the Lord, hallelujah, 40 plus 47 years this coming month. Is that right? Well, I was young when I got here, wasn't I? But, <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's, the journey has been wonderful. And I know that you that have been here for a long time, 50 plus years, those of you that have been, I would also imagine that you could agree the fact that you've seen some of them that came and went. Some of those that started and stopped. But you're still here. Something kept you coming. Something kept you going. Something kept you praying. Even when it didn't seem like your prayers were going to be answered, you kept praying. You kept coming to, to, to the church and living for God. So uh, we've, I remember hearing some years ago a testimony of an elderly lady that spoke about uh, that she was kind of slow. She wasn't as fast as some people. And she made the testimony, I'm putting it in my words, about the fact that someone maybe made light of the fact that she was so slow and whatever. And she said, yeah, there's been a lot that have ran past me, a lot that's passed me up. But I've seen some of them come back. And I passed them then or whatever, putting in my words. So it's, that it's not how fast you're running, it's how you're running. It's how you're running. And some, some I can't keep up with, but I'm going to keep on. Keep on. We were reminded, of course, and we think of those events and things about people that started and then stopped or was not determined to make it all the way. How can we not think of the 600,000 that left the land of Egypt saying, we're going to the promised land, and they let something hinder them, something prevent them. And this, of course, is awesome to think about. 599,998 didn't do it, didn't make it, didn't make it. If we had a, uh, some kind of way of knowing, some kind of record that was kept, of MPC for 108 years, if we had a record of everybody that's been here, everybody that's been baptized, everyone that's received the Holy Ghost, everyone that's called this church home that uh, hasn't finished the race, they didn't finish the race, some, are, some stopped and quit and left. If we had all the backsliders from MPC in here tonight, I doubt if we could hold them. In, in, this, in this place tonight. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying that to be positive. We're not stopping. Amen. We're not stopping. May have to slow down sometime, but I'm not stopping. Amen. I'm too close. I'm too near. I'm too far on my journey, my trip. Amen. Paul spoke of the, the fellowship of his sufferings in this in this passage of Scripture and what he had given up uh, for it. He bore Mark's scars in his body where he had been beaten for the name of Jesus. 
and faced so many obstacles that tried to prevent him from continuing his journey, but he refused to permit those things. The Bible, in his final words to his son in the gospel, Timothy, that's found in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7, is that familiar expression by Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have, God help me to be able to say that. I have fought a good fight. I haven't won every one of them, but I'm still battling. I'm still fighting, and I'm going to win the war. May lose a battle, but I'm going to win the war. Amen. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. That's what John said, 1 John 4, 4. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. That last expression that is to me so, so valuable and so important and so touching is that statement, I have kept the faith. That word kept, one of the definitions or meaning or usages of the word is I've guarded it. I've guarded it. I've not compromised it. I've guarded it. I believe it. I believe there's one God. Amen. Didn't always understand it, but uh, I kept believing it, kept studying it, and I'm convinced I believe it now with all my heart. There's one God. His name is Jesus. Paul in the Second Corinthians 11 uh, speaks about the things that he had suffered and when I read this, this listing, and quite a listing it is, of all that Paul had gone through, and then I want to complain because somebody didn't shake my hand, or I want to complain because somebody didn't treat me right, or I want to complain because things just didn't occur like they should have occurred. Maybe somebody said something wrong about me, and who in the world would do that? But anyway, Paul said he was in labors more abundant in stripes above measure. I haven't had one stripe. I haven't felt one stone. In prisons more frequent. I hadn't even, ooh, I hadn't even been in jail except to visit. I remember the first time I visited jail. Brother, I was preaching. We were preaching with Brother Raymond Bishop, Bishop, Bishop. And he took us to jail. We were in revival. And I, I was so uh, green, I guess we'll say. He wanted me to say something, of course, and wanted Sister Walls my us to, I think, saying, I think she took her accordion. But anyway, I can remember, so help me. Y'all help me, I know it. But anyway, I, I talked to him about these fellas behind the bars, and I was standing out here, and I said something about, I was enjoying the revival. I said, I wish you could be with us tonight. <clears throat> Wish y'all could come tonight. Boy, <laughs> they didn't throw anything at me, but <laughs> I've thought about that many times since then. But anyway, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I've been in the deep in journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen. In perils in the sea, in perils in the wilderness, in perils uh, among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Woo! 
When I read all of that and then I, I try to uh, compare my journey with that, I thought, my, I'm not even close. I'm not even close. And so if Paul did all that, he did. If Paul went on through that and he did. If Paul suffered all of that and he did, then who am I, who am I to come short of my glory, of my goal, of the mark, of the prize? I'm not stopping till I get there. To Paul, there was nothing as important as obeying God, living for God, making it to that city. If I'm the only one that makes it, I'm going to make it by the grace of God. Now, in, in this day and age in which you and I are living, that should be the most important thing in our life, to obey God, be in church regardless. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, Paul does in chapter, thir- in chapter 8, verse 35, this familiar verse, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. This is awesome to think about. When I compare or consider those that quit church because of some frivolous nothing, amen? You remember when we bought the, compu- the pews, the first, when we first came here, we had homemade pews, and, 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 and we gave them to Brother Weiniger down in Salem. We bought brand new pews. We were so proud of those things. And anyway, we wanted to pay for them, so uh, different families, some of you sitting right here, paid for one of those pews. And, and I thought, well, it'd be appropriate. It'd be nice. It'd be thoughtful if I got just little gold-looking little, little, little plaque thing about like that and put it on the end of that pew and say, this pew was donated by or purchased by so-and-so and so-and-so. And anyway, every, every pew, we had one of those tags on it. I, I think just everybody paid for the pews. And uh, some of y'all did, didn't you? Didn't you? <laughs> Amen. But anyway, I, maybe, maybe I, what I'm saying in any way, it doesn't matter. Maybe I should or shouldn't. But I remember, I remember we had a dear brother that come to church then, and he, he got on to me. He said, you know, you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And he quit church. Not that way he quit this church. He kept going to church from here and there and you know anyway. But who shall now you're wondering who it was right now. <laughs> Don't ask me. But of course you could look around and it's obvious they're not here. People can let the most silly, stupid, foolish things get them upset and disappointed. And again, because the preacher doesn't shake my hand or somebody didn't speak the right word to me or or they didn't invite me to the potluck supper or, or whatever. You remember that word, potluck supper? But anyway, Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall Now notice this. He said, who shall separate us? And then what he listens, what he lists rather, he, he didn't say John won't, Bill won't, Sally won't, Gertrude won't. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, our distress, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was a made-up mind person. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Let me show you. You've heard this. This is old stuff. When pastor asked me today if I teach tonight, I said, you know, yeah, I just, I got one back there in the archives. So this is an archive message. But anyway, you probably remembered me talking about this. But uh, I, I got that in the book somewhere, and I thought I was going to read it, and I forgot. But uh, I wish I could remember his name now. I can't remember it. But anyway. Anyway, when the great Polish pianist Ignacy Paderewski, when he first chose to study the piano, his music teacher told him that his hands were much too small to master the keyboard. My, my. I wonder if she was still living when he sat in the great halls and played those great uh, piano. Uh, it was him, Paderewski, when uh, he played at some big gathering and some woman came up to him and, you know, and said, somebody, said something to the effect that uh, she would... Uh, I forget how she said it now. She would give up her, her, uh, oh, I wish I could say it like it's supposed to be said. But in essence, she was saying, I would give all my life, my, all my days, all my whatever, to be able to play like you. And Paderewski said, I did. I did. I did. Amen. Living for God's worth it, folks. When that great Italian tenor Enrico Caruso first applied for instruction, the teacher told him his voice sounded like the wind whistling through the window. I wonder what these folks thought after she no doubt later, uh, or him, whatever it was, heard old Caruso. Anyway. When the great statesman of Victorian England, Benjamin Disraeli, attempted to speak in Parliament for the first time, members hissed him into silence and laughed when he said, Though I sit down now, the time will come when you will hear of me. Disraeli and the world heard of him. Henry Ford forgot to put... I like this. Henry Ford forgot to put a reverse gear in his first car. I think there's a message in that somewhere. <laughs> when you come to God, when you repented, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you throw the reverse gear away. I'm not backing up. I'm going all the way. Amen. And then... Mr. Edison, we are told, and I don't know where I got all this, but somewhere I got it. Thomas Edison, they said, spent $2 million on an invention which proved to be of little value. But he kept trying. Took him a long time to build that bulb, didn't it? 
Very little comes out the first time. Failures, repeated failures, are fingerprints on the road to achievement. Abraham Lincoln's life could demonstrate that the only time you do not fail is the last time you try something and it works. We can fail forward toward success. Amen. Let me, let me share one more thing with you. Hasn't this been a good message? Uh, there's a story. I've read it and heard it more than once, so it must be right. There was a young man that was just wanting to get out in life and do things and whatever, and he was traveling like a hobo or whatever. And he came to a farm in Ohio. The man's name, the farmer that owned the farm was named Worthy Taylor. Y'all remember that story? I've told that one too. Uh, his name, the young man's name, uh, when Worthy asked him about it, he said, I'm Jim. Call me Jim. And that's all Worthy knew was Jim. So he hired him. And he worked there. He slept in the hayloft or somewhere, took his meals in the kitchen, and worked all that summer. But during the summer, Mr. Taylor had a daughter, and he fell in love with that daughter. And evidently, the daughter liked him too, so he went to Mr. Taylor kind of like the end of his work period and he said, I'd like to marry your daughter. And I don't remember the exact words, but Mr. Taylor said something about, like, you're an unknown, you don't have a name, you don't have a future, and just negative things. And said, you can't marry my daughter. So he picked up his goods, went on somewhere else. 35 years later, I believe it was, Mr. Taylor was... The farm had increased. He needed a larger barn. So he began to tear down that old barn. He wanted to build a new one. And he got to looking up there in those rafters. That's where Jim had spent the night sleeping. And he found his name, but it wasn't Jim. It was James Arthur Garfield. Oh, my. And he was president of the United States at that time. Don't give up. Don't stop. I can't sing like somebody. Doesn't matter. Sing anyway. That's the way I do it. I can't preach like. That's all right. I still do like I'm doing now. Just bumbling through. Amen. I can't play music like Carrie. Well, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but one of these days, all of us, every last one of us, are going to hear the trumpet sound. And we're not going to be judged by how fast we ran. We're not going to be judged by how much we accomplished. That man that worked from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock got paid the same. Because... What we're going to hear is well done, and that's going to be worth it all. Let's press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God 
in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Thank you, God. God, you've given us such hope, such assurance, such promises. Oh, Lord, we're not going to turn back. We're going to keep going forward. We're not going to let troubles and problems and heartaches and frustrations cause us to quit and throw up our hands. We've got our eyes on a, on a city that's of gold, that's got pearly gates and a street of gold. That's where our eyes are set. I press toward that mark. I press toward that prize. I must make it. I must make it. You want to go? You want to go? Amen. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.